Hi, and welcome to the Ex-Mail Recruitment Podcast, where we share career advice for service leavers and veterans. I'm Rosie Vilecce, and I'm the Head of Marketing here at Ex-Mail Recruitment. Although I didn't serve myself, I'm an original military brat. My dad served in the Navy for 40 years, and my brother is on year 26 and counting. Throughout this podcast, I will be your hostess. I will interview guests, chat with the XMail team, and facilitate conversations that help veterans like you to get the jobs they truly want. Here's today's episode. Today's episode is all about the making of a great CV. Of course, without a proper CV, you cannot find the right job, and it will always be with you throughout your career as well, right? So you want to make sure that your CV is just on point. To help me with this conversation today, we have Ben Shorter, who is the managing director of Xmail Recruitment and is a guy that has got more than 15 years of experience in recruitment. So I think he's really the man for the job when it comes to understanding what it is, the making really of a great CV. Hi, Ben. Hey, Rosie, how's it going? Well, how about you? Very well, thank you. Good. Okay, let's just uh, jump straight in, Ben. So tell us a little bit in general, what is that makes a good CV? What would be the, the first thing that somebody needs to keep in mind? A CV is to get you the interview. So one of our future podcast guests, uh, Trish Mullen, says this really well. A CV is a trailer. It is a trailer about your experience in relation to whatever job you're applying for. Yeah, I really love that. I think it's a great analogy, right? So when it comes to a trailer, clearly we need to have the important bits in there, the ones that will captivate, I guess, somebody's attention, in this case, a recruiter or uh, an HR manager attention. And they need to be the relevant parts that will give us a bit of an idea of who this person is. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so let's start at the top. I know that you're very adamant usually when you work with candidates, that intro of the CV, the personal profile part, the summary almost, is one of the key pieces. What can you tell us about it? Definitely. I think one little hack that I learned very early on in my career was that it's really good to have the job title that you're applying for within the first line. So say, for example, you're a service leaver looking to work within cybersecurity as a cybersecurity analyst. You want in your headline, I am a Royal Marine veteran with IT skills looking to work as a cybersecurity consultant. What more would you put in there? Um, after that, it's then talking about key skills that are aligned to the job spec that's in question. So if the job spec talks about having strong levels of attention to detail and the ability to manage complex processes, you want to talk about that. If, on the other hand, a job requires you to be a great communicator, you then want to talk about that. So your personal profile should be five or so sentences with the first one talking about the job that you're applying for and then reasons why you can do that job well, or equally why you want to work in that position. All right. So in this case, of course, you said everything has to be relevant to the job that you're applying for. How important is it to do some research before you actually get 
to write your CV? Like how important is it to go out and take a look at the company, not only then at the job vacancy, but at the company itself? Is that any relevant already for a CV or is that already one step too far? No, I think it, the thing is, what you want to do is make sure your CV stands out to the recruiter or hiring manager. So like, if we backtrack a little bit, you almost have two forms of CV. You have your base CV, which is all your experience ever, and then you consistently adapt that to the roles that you're applying for. There's a little story that I tell quite often about me and one of my friends job searching at the same time. He had like this blanket approach where he applied for jobs on volume, whereas I was massively targeted. So he applied for 120 jobs and got 10 interviews. I applied for something like 35 jobs and I had 12 interviews. The reason I had more interviews is because whoever was reading my CV realised that I was interested and relevant for that particular role. So it's really all about being relevant with the information that you put in there. But also, I guess you said the word tangible. So try to be specific to the job that you're applying for with your experience, of course. Exactly, exactly. You need to show whoever's reading it that, wow, this candidate really matches my job, therefore I need to interview them. All right, so let's just then look at the next part, right? You said this is the right candidate. Of course, in this case, key skills are a major part of the decision-making for somebody who is looking at a CV. So what can you tell us about the key skills section of a CV? So the key skills, again, is something that's relevant to whatever the job that you're applying for. And the best way to do key skills is to make it as tangible or quantifiable as possible. So you put in numbers, statistics that will really stand out to whoever's reading the CV. What about the niche jobs? If somebody is applying and is a very technical job, does that make any sort of difference? A hundred percent. So I think we spoke about this before. It's really funny. I was talking to a candidate about this earlier. His CV is good and it would stand out to someone like me who understands that a IT-focused petty officer in the Navy is going to have a strong tech stack, but he doesn't talk about that tech stack. So what I mean is if you're working within IT as an IT engineer, you want to start to list the different technologies that you use. And as an aside, you can even list how competent you are at that technology. So as an IT recruiter, what we do is we look for ah, someone's used Splunk before, someone's used vSphere. They understand how to set up a network. So you would want to mention these hard skills. And the same can sometimes apply to engineering or health and safety. So, for example, in health and safety, I want to know very early on what someone's qualifications are in relation to NEBOSH because it's often a a core requirement of a health and safety role. So in this case, would you also have in there maybe some results? Because clearly you talked about a CV being tangible. So would you already include some of that hard data numbers and all of that? Or would you keep it a little bit more open so that then you can go into it when it comes to the interview? No, 100%. I think they should be included on the CV so they stand out. So one of the really good individuals within wider ex-material recruitment is a guy called John Stevenson and I see a lot of candidates who have worked with John on their CVs and what I love about it is I don't have to go and find examples from the candidate because they're already written really clear on the CV. I've run a project that was worth 
uh, half a million pound and was involved in liaising with 12 different stakeholders. Yeah. All the details are basically there already. So now I don't have to do, as a recruiter, the hard work of uh, seeking out all this information because it's already there. So that gives me also an advantage, I guess, as a candidate. 100%. It means that you stand out to me and you make my life easier. Therefore, it, it, it means it's it's easier for me to then progress you. I don't have questions in my head. Like If you think about it as a recruiter, when I get a CV, I'm thinking either, no, they're probably not suitable for the job that I want, or, okay, I need to have a call with them to assess their suitability. Mm-hmm. The easier it is for me to assess a candidate's suitability, the more likely they are to have a positive interaction with me. Absolutely. I understand that. All right. Let's look at, again, that movie trailer you were talking about, right? I guess that that's really where the career history part comes into play. I know, I mean, I know from my own experience, I know from a lot of people that I know, whether they're civilians or veterans, I think it's always the same. You look at some CVs and everybody is trying to cram in there as much as possible. I mean, people do this even like on LinkedIn. If I go and see some of my colleagues and all of that, they just try to put as much as possible into the career history. So how do you go on about it when it comes to making a great CV? So you, you want to adapt your career history to make it relevant to whatever job it is you're applying for. If you saw one, there's loads of different versions of my CV, but if you saw a CV that I presented to you, the chances are I have taken stuff off that I don't think is as relevant as something else. So if you look through my CV, not every job is given the same amount of weight. So some of my jobs, I'll be listing core responsibilities, duties or accomplishments that I've done because I know that's really going to stand out to whoever's interviewing me or reading my CV. Whereas other jobs, I might just put in a sentence to almost cover a date period so that they know I was in employment. So what you want to do is just make sure that everything you've put on your CV is relevant to the types of jobs you're applying for or or what it is that you want. That makes absolute sense. And I love that you're talking about also having different versions of your CV. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But again, when it comes to the history, you also said clearly that is where you include those accomplishments, the hard data, the results. That's where it should be done as well, apart from the key skills, I guess. Is that correct? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I think all of your CV should be tailored towards the jobs that you're applying for, or if you, even if you've got like a base CV that you put on a CV library or read, you still want to make sure that when a recruiter is searching for your CV, that it pops up in the searches that are relevant to the types of jobs that you'll want. So as, as an example, one thing that I see quite common now is people don't really list their ranks on CV. They will list their jobs. They will say, I was a logistics manager, a yeah. communications manager, or an IS engineer. They won't say that I was a private or I was a staff sergeant. Yeah. Because you've got to make, you've got to civilianize your CV. I think this is a term that you've talked about before, the civilianization of CVs. Absolutely. I think it's very important to remember that not everybody will understand that kind of military language. Maybe they're not familiar at all. They have no experience of it. So I guess that that is, again, a very, very important tip when it comes to a CV, right? Is the language. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're going to still work within the wider defence space, you can have a militarised CV because the chances are people that are seeing those CVs 
are maybe ex-military themselves, or if they're not, they then at least understand what goes on within the military. Whereas if you're applying for the financial sector, most recruiters aren't going to have a clue what a sergeant does. What you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep it simple. Keep it really tailored to the audience. So always keep in mind that somebody will not maybe understand that language. So it's your job to make it just comprehensible, really, for them in this case. Um, let's talk about the education part. I know that this is probably one of those questions. Okay, how important is it to list the education that you have, maybe even the certificates or qualifications? I think also some people just collapse it all together. What are your tips around that? So, so again, it's making sure it's relevant to the job that you're applying for. Most people don't care what GCSE results you got 20 years ago. They, <laughs> no. they care about things that you've done Things now. have changed. <laughs> exactly. I'll say this. My CV does not have my GCSE results in it. Right. They weren't particularly good. <laughs> and no one's going to look at it. I remember saying this when my best friend joined up the Royal Engineers. I said to him, go and take every course that you can take. Always mm-hmm. upskill yourself. But if he then put every single course he's ever done in his 12-year military career on his CV, that would be a page in itself. So so you want to understand what is relevant to the market that you're looking for. And here's the thing, like, if something's mega relevant to the role, you don't want to leave it right at the bottom of your CV. So say, for example, you're applying for a project management role, you probably want to have in your key skills the fact that you've done your APM. Yeah, it makes sense. And actually, you mentioned something. You mentioned about, okay, if somebody was to list everything, then that alone would be a page. And again, I think this is one of those key questions, but in general, and we didn't talk about it yet, but in general, how long should a CV be? I think it really depends on someone's work history. Now, I've got into some massive arguments over this when... People say a CV should be two pages. I understand that. And it is much easier for me if I've got a two-page CV that is very much aligned to the job that I'm recruiting for. But I also do contract recruitment. So some people that are career contractors, they've done 12 years in the World Signals and then they've literally gone to between a three to 12-month contract every year for the last 10 years. That CV is going to be quite long. Technology CVs, so IT engineers CVs, if someone can put their key skills or the different software that they've used, and that can last a page sometimes. So I say between two and five pages. Anything longer than five pages is is going a bit too far. Yeah. And it's not tailored enough. But you don't have to. I saw, I was, I was talking to a candidate once, and they were like, oh, Ben, I can't fit everything I want to talk about in two pages. Don't restrict yourself. <laughs> there isn't a hard and fast rule that CV must be two pages because someone yeah. on a course once said that to you. Yeah. And it's also, I guess, really dependent on, as you said, of course, the job that you're applying for, but also how long you've had that career. Because sometimes maybe if you go 10 years back, it might be long enough on a CV. But then again, maybe there are things that uh, don't even need to be listed from 10 years ago. Maybe you can still showcase your experience from, you know, starting five years ago and it would still be okay, isn't it? Yeah, no, your CV really is like, the only purpose of a CV is to get you to the interview process. Yeah. And the more relevant it is to the job that you're applying for, the more likely you are to go through. All right. Let's go back to something that you said before, which was, you know, 
different versions of a CV. You said it already, you cannot have just one version, but you should have like a basic version of it and then tailor that CV to the different jobs. So how do you go on about that change? You know, how tailored does it get? Clearly you said already, it needs to be relevant in the personal profile, but what are the key things that you would tailor? Because I guess some, some people might find it a bit time consuming to do that. So what are your tips to just streamline it a little? It is, and it's time consuming, but you've got to go for quality over quantity of applications. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to be one of those people that just, and this is the thing with like application uh, um, job job boards, that's the word I'm looking for, job boards. (laughs) They often have that one click apply. So you send the same blanket CV to everyone and it just doesn't stand out. So I remember once one of my friends saw this job they loved and they did have the skill set. So they said, Ben, what do I do here? And I literally went through the uh, job spec and almost cut and paste that into their CV. They got a call 45 minutes after responding saying their CV really stood out. There is a tool called JobScan. Yeah which is jobscan.co. And mm-hmm. what you can do, you put your CV in there, the job description in there, and it tells you on an algorithmic level how aligned you are. So, for example, if I'm looking for a project manager, you're seen to be aligned if you've got the words project manager, project, maybe like stakeholder budget, yeah. uh, implementation. All of those words are aligned to being a project manager. So using a tool like that, and the most important thing is put yourself in the hiring hiring manager's shoes. So if you was hiring for that job, would you call your CV? Does it seem relevant to you? Yeah, try to think as they think and adapt in the best possible way, depending on that, right? Trying to figure out what is it these people are looking for. Because also, as you said, you do have that job vacancy. So it's really a matter of taking the job vacancy, try to break it apart almost and trying to understand, okay, what is that is really relevant? What is that they are putting attention on? Because also, even if you're applying for the same role in the same industry, every company will have a different attention for different things, different details, different softwares, different maybe skills, whatever they might be. Isn't that right? 100%, 100%. So that's why it's always better to even spend a small amount of time tailoring a CV than just to send a, a blanket one. Yeah, that's perfect. All right, we're uh, getting towards the end of this episode. So I still have a couple of questions for you, though. One is all about interests, hobbies, all of that. Again, one of those that people think, should I do it? Should I not do it? Am I going to include it? You know, what's the deal with that? Is the hobby relevant to the job that you're applying for? So if, for example, you're applying for a technology job and you're a keen walker, sounds cool, but (laughs) is it really going to make me want to call you up? Whereas if you're applying for a technology job and you spend your time entering cybersecurity competitions, you've been rated as, I know Splunk do competitions quite often, and maybe your rank is in the top thousand in the world, suddenly that will stand out to an employer. Yeah, yeah, that makes absolute sense. What about, in a similar way, the soft skills? I know that this is a little bit of a balance act for some people because, again, everybody says that they are detail-oriented. Everybody says that they're communicative. I don't know. But 
what is your take on it? How would you go on about including maybe soft skills that are actually relevant and important to make you stand out? But, you know, how would you do it in a way that actually can make a difference? I think it's to make sure if you're going to talk about soft skills that you quantify, you give a level of depth about it. If you're a good communicator, okay, what makes you a good communicator? If you've got high attention to detail, where have you done that in the past? So providing you back up the stuff with, you back up any fluff that you say with something tangible, it it should be good. Yeah. So it's always about being tangible, showing that result. So, you know, how, what can you tell us that will really make somebody understand okay yes this guy is detail oriented etc etc so really try to come up already with that example or with the situation that you can list together with that soft skill exactly exactly yeah perfect all right is there anything else ben that you want to add before we do like a little summary of this episode i think that the final thing is Again, this is probably because I do lots of cybersecurity recruitment and I'm now the most paranoid person in the world. Yeah. Be careful with the information that you share. So, for example, you have your name on there, have your location, but I would never put my address on the CV now. Right, yep. Um, you, ne- you don't need your national insurance number on there, your um, military number. And one thing to be cautious of, because there was an article about this recently, Mm-hmm. is you shouldn't technically have what level your security cleared to on your CV or your LinkedIn. Right, profile. yes, yes. If it's in the public domain. Now, now obviously, I, I do a lot of recruitment for DV'd individuals. I'm going to be able to make an assumption based on your career history whether someone's going to be DV'd or not. So it's not a selling point if you keep being DV'd off your thing, what you can put is security cleared to a high government standard. Right. That's a great, great tip, I think, for a lot of uh, veterans, of course. So thank you so much for that. I guess one last quick question, because again, I know that there's a lot, especially when it comes to the diversity and inclusion, a lot of conversations around this. Photo or no photo? No photo. No photo. Just as simple as that. That's it. Don't need to it, overthink it. I think the only requirement for photos is like the modeling industry. But outside of that. <laughs> it just doesn't add anything, yes. I guess. <laughs> exactly. But I think it's one of those because you do see some examples of CVs with a photo. And maybe you think, OK, I really have to do it. And people think it might become a little bit more personable. They see me. They think I got and good face you know like something like that I don't know but it's great to hear your experience about it so no photo people no photo keep it that way exactly all right thank you so much Ben so if we were to sum it all up we have talked about having multiple versions of your CV and keeping it as relevant as you can to the job that you're applying for Then we talked about being specific and tangible with everything that you share. So always have the examples, again, if they are relevant to the job that you're applying for, uh, have the numbers, the hard data where possible, if relevant. Make sure that your language is speaking to the language of your audience in this case. So try not to go all military if on the other side you might get a recruiter that would not have no clue really (laughs) of what you're talking about and make sure that everything that you're including in there is not information that is a bit too uh, sensitive to share. I think that was the last tip that you shared. Anything else that you want to add? 
No, I think it, it, this is it. Like, reality is, the CV is just a, a small part of job search and a bigger the, process to it, get what you want. Yeah, it, exactly. And the, the job search uh, podcast, we go into more depth around techniques and networking. Yeah, and ultimately. The CV's only purpose is to get you an interview, to give yourself the best possible chance, understand what they're looking for, and show them within your CV and your cover letter. That's really great. Thank you so much, Ben, for today, for your knowledge and for sharing all these tips. If, of course, if anybody wants to connect with Ben and with Xmail Recruitment to get some support and help with their CV, Ben, what should they do? So you can find me on LinkedIn, Ben Shorter. You can also send me an email, uh, ben at ex-mil.co.uk. Even if I can't help you myself, I can always connect you with people that can help you. But I think most people know that my inbox is always open. If I don't have time, I'll get one of my team members to talk through your CV with you. We're always happy to help. That's perfect. All the links and uh, email address and everything that we mentioned today will be linked anyway in the show, Foo Not So. Make sure to check that out so that you can connect directly with Ben. Once again, thank you so much for being with me on this episode, Ben, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Rosie. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And hey, remember to subscribe to our podcast to never miss any new releases and to share it with other veterans within your community. If you want to connect with the XMail team, please visit our website, www.ex-mil.co.uk or you can just connect with us on our LinkedIn page. Thank you so much and see you next time.